Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. Do I have a goal, an accomplishment, a resolution this year to grow this podcast so that, so that there are many more people tuning in? But I need your help with that. As a loyal listener, could you give me a five-star rating and then share a link with your network? Mine only goes so far, but if we all share to all our networks, it should spread like wildfire, which generally spreads really fast. That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, More people would be tuning in and learning things. So last week, we poked a little fun at some of the myths around autism, the spectrum, and things that people insist on believing despite the preponderance of evidence out there that says otherwise. Today, we're going to look at one of the quirks that, some of the quirks that surround food and various food stuffs. So while I was researching this episode, and I use researching in quotation marks because there was no actual research done. It was pretty much looking into a whole bunch of anecdotal statements and not actual scientific studies. So when I was looking into this episode, it seems that there really aren't a lot of food quirks that apply across the board or across the spectrum. Meaning that there are a lot of people that hate the things that I love and a lot of people that love the things I hate. And a lot of people that are very particular versus a lot of people that just love to experiment with food and what different flavors and things are out there. So what's what's the point here? If we're all different, are these food quirks really part of the spectrum or are they individual preferences? So I think it's actually a little bit of both and I'll explain my reasoning soon. But first, I'll fill you in on a few of the things I don't like in food and why I don't like them. Often it's not just the taste. That's completely fine if somebody doesn't like the taste of a particular item. And then I'll get into what I do like in food and why I do like them. And maybe we'll open some eyes and some of us will reach out and try new things this coming year. I want to start out with the one that everyone loves to debate about. Cilantro, a.k.a. the devil's lettuce. I'm a firm believer that there are two types of people in this world. There are those who love cilantro and those who can actually taste cilantro. For me, it tastes very metallic. It's kind of like when you lick the top of a 9-volt battery, that metallic, electric, buzzy type sensation on your tongue. And even the smallest portion of cilantro tends to overwhelm every other taste in a particular particular dish. And since it doesn't taste good, it makes the whole dish that would otherwise be delicious and turns it into absolute garbage. The smell of the plant is also horrid. You know those little green beetles 
and they come out when it gets real hot out. You touch them, and they put off a scent and make your fingers smell. They're actually just called green stink bugs, and they smell just like cilantro. It's not actually my personal opinion either. I did find a study that compared the chemical compounds in both the plant and the bug and found they are very similar to one another. Now, before we launch into this tiresome and old debate, yes, I am fully aware that the cilantro like and dislike is a genetic thing. And no, I do not believe everyone should try it because it's the way the dish was supposed to be made and you're not getting the entire experience without cilantro. If you could actually taste cilantro, you'd know that the entire experience was ruined with cilantro. So let's move on. Another one of the foods that I dislike is onions. Now, when I cook and a recipe calls for onion, I do include the onions. I'm not so averse to them that I will leave them out completely. However, I do modify things a bit. So many recipes call for an entire damn onion to be chopped up and put into the food. Sometimes they actually call for two entire damn onions. And when I see this, and then I look at the size of the dish, and I think about the amount of onion that's going into it, I say to myself, that's approximately 25% or more of the volume of this overall meal. Why would I do that? Onions have very little nutritional value, and they're really only there to enhance the flavors. So if I use an entire onion, I'm not enhancing the flavor, but rather overwhelming it. Kind of like the cilantro, eventually all you just taste is just the onion. So I reduce the amount called for to about a fourth or so of what the, what, what's written in the recipe. That hatred of onion really isn't in the flavor as much as it's in the texture and the result of what happens when you bite into an onion or a piece of onion. Cooked and softened onions are generally fine. I'll put them into soups all day long because I dice those suckers up so tiny you can barely see them, and then I saute them and finally put them into the soup. But often the onion isn't cooked completely. And so maybe I'm eating soup or some sort of casserole dish, and I bite into what should overall be a soft textured food, and I crunch into a piece of onion. Now the crunch in a soft food is bad enough. It just should not be there. But then that crunch releases an explosion of acidic onion taste which now not only overwhelms all the food, but now I'm burping up onions for just hours afterward. Tapioca pudding. I don't know why this stuff even exists. It doesn't taste good, and the little fish eyeballs in it are just weird. Now, while we're on the subject of pudding, both rice pudding and bread pudding are almost as bad. They take a food and then they soak it in, I think it's milk and sugar, turning it into mush. Now, these ones, the flavor's okay, but the mushy mushiness is not. 
At perusing online, I was looking for what people on the spectrum like and dislike. There was a general theme uh, that a significant number of people don't enjoy spicy foods. And I don't know if this is, uh, I didn't look too close into it. I believe those on the spectrum fall into about 1.5% to 2% of the population. And I haven't really looked to see if 1.5% to 2% of the population, the population of uh, people on the spectrum that do like spicy food, uh, I don't know if it corresponds to the overall percentage of the world's population that does like spicy food. So this could just be that most people don't like spicy foods, and so thus those on the spectrum don't like spicy foods for the most part. Now, if you do, if you know me, you know that I enjoy spicy foods, and I have yet to find a spicy that is too spicy for me. There is one caveat exception here. Uh, some of those hot sauces like the anal prolapser and the booty, booty hole exploder, yeah, the, you see them all the time like at the any hardware store right up there by the checkout counter. And it's like 48 billion Scoville units. Nobody can handle this one. They aren't really food. It's just an extract that's been made hot for hot sake. And so they really, I don't count those towards something that's too spicy for me because they don't have any flavor at that point. Spicy foods that are spicy to enhance the overall dish are great, and most are not what I would call extreme. Now that brings me on over to seasonings and herbs and whatnots. Many people, and don't think that it's just those on the spectrum here here eat really bland meals a little salt and pepper and if they want to get really crazy they throw some rosemary or lemon in there and that's that's what i had that's what we ate a lot of when i was growing up i don't remember really ever having spices on the food we ate i don't even know that i i don't think i even knew what garlic was until i was like 18 years old or so. When we'd have baked potatoes in the house, it was enhanced with a little bit of butter, some salt, and some pepper. Which is why I hated potatoes until I was an adult, and I learned that there were many other ways of preparing them that didn't absolutely suck. Now, some of my favorite foods are Indian dishes with the curry and the spices that go into those, and the not cilantro, because... People insist on ruining Indian cuisine with cilantro. But most everything else in the spice repertoire of Indian food is really good. Sometimes I'll even just kind of take a globe and I'll spin it around and choose a random country. And I'll say, I wonder what foods they have in this country. What's their most, what are they most famous for? and then try to recreate those recipes at home. I end up with some spices in the cabinet that I almost never use again, like fenugreek and marjoram, or the one time I wanted to make Azerbaijani chicken, and I had to order ground sumac because nobody in Billings carried it in the stores. I still have a significant amount of ground sumac because I've never come across another recipe that called for it. 
All right, so why are food quirks considered a thing when it comes to those on the spectrum? What's kind of behind it all, and what leads us to believe that this is an autistic trait? I believe it comes down to the routine of it all and the predictability of it all. I know that cilantro won't taste good, so I avoid any food that has it in there. I know that chicken tenders and french fries do taste good, and it's really hard to mess those things up at a restaurant, so I know I can order that and I get a very predictable meal. Cooking at home, I know that I can prepare a certain dish in about 30 minutes, and I know how it will turn out, and it will largely be the same as the last time I made it. And it fits nicely into a little routine and the predictability that those on the spectrum desire. Because we know that left of normals thrive on routines and predictability, so Younger left of normals especially will have their food quirks and the things they love because they know exactly what's coming up. For me, as I grew older and I grew more adventurous in it all, I, and I, I really got into it once I started cooking from home. These food quirks and these dislikes and likes kind of opened up for me a bit because once I started working from home and cooking at home, I had the time to cook different meals and suddenly it became more of a relaxation thing instead of a chore that had to be done after a long day at the office. I almost posted a little meme yesterday. I opted for a different one instead uh, that showed five different pictures of blueberries. One was big, one was little, one was medium-sized. And it's a, above each blueberry said squishy, tart, sour, firm. And then underneath those five blueberries, it showed five pictures of the exact same cracker. And it said the exact same taste and texture every time. That is why these food quirks show up, because they are predictable and understood by the left of normal mind. Let me know about your favorite and least favorite foods in the Facebook group. That's www.facebook.com slash groups slash left of normal community. Or just type left of normal into the little search bar up there. The community is open and anybody can post and ask questions and share experiences. Today you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, join that Facebook community. And remember that foods can be difficult, especially for younger left of normals. So try to encourage them to try the foods. But don't worry if they fall back on their go-tos that they love. And of course, share this with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.